When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that's as hard-hitting as a skydiver with a malfunctioning parachute landing on an anvil store. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bugs Bunny. I'm Mike Johnson. <laughs> I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today, we are going to Bugs, one of our trans friends. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing an AMA, except it's not it's not anybody and it's not anything. It's 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 Kyle and Dan are asking yeah, <laughs> trans K- person questions. K-N-D-A-M-S. <laughs> That's the worst acronym. Never mind. Yeah, we're going to um, – I, I had this idea to have – a trans person on just ask the most highly inappropriate questions possible that you could think of. Um, and of course, I thought of Sarah, our friend who does the podcast, Sarah Talk. Her name to yeah. me sometimes is just Sarah Talk. Um, yeah. And she's yeah. fine with that. I, Ms. I, Talk. <laughs> Ms. Talk, if you're nasty. Um, and she agreed. So I, I'm really excited uh, yeah. to do that. But... Yeah, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna like the transparency here, and y- y'all already recorded that. Um, <laughs> and and I, I bring that up not just to like ruin the mystique, but also <laughs> also to, to 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 point out that I I was not I was not here for it. I was I was on assignment all weekend, sort of. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, no, you ca- it's kind of helpful because like yeah, all of a sudden your voice won't be there, um, yeah. and then you know by the end the the structure and order uh, that that you bring along with the show wasn't there, so you know. Yeah, you yeah. know, you know. I know, I do know. You know, I do know. I, I, I'm, I just want to disown whatever y'all did. Like, <laughs> this is a good episode to do that with. Um, I, uh, I, I, so I, I do, I do, I do want to say a little bit about why. Just okay. so, so everybody knows, Ma Johnson's mom, my grandmother, is is uh, is in hospice care and and really not doing well. And so my my brother from Las Vegas flew up, and we went home to visit her and say goodbye. And I really. I really appreciate that. If everybody could have like spare, spare a word or a thought for my mom, uh, she's going through a lot. Um, I, I know that, that she would appreciate it. And so would I. And anyway, that's why I'm not on the back half of this episode. I've been doing family stuff. And um, so here we are. Yeah. Well, thank you for, I, you know, Avi, I always am like, let's keep everything a secret. But thank you for telling everyone what's going on with you. I figured this would be good for ratings, maybe. Oh, yeah? I, I, the, you get the sympathy <laughs> vote now? Yeah, the, the almost dead grandma vote. Oh, God. <laughs> and here's the proof that when we joke about horrible things, we do it about our own families, too. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> you need that proof. Um, but first. But first, the news. Are you and, ready? I mean, for, for us, it's like. But second, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> here's some news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. It's still beautiful. That's okay. so amazing. Uh, um, all right. You can add uh, news. The first you can add Montana to the list of states that are fucking it up and oh, suck my balls. Um <laughs> Uh, Montana's governor, Greg Gianforte, who is just the whitest person alive. Um, 
has signed a bill allowing people to challenge government regulations that interfere with their religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Signed controversial Senate Bill 215 on Thursday, the 22nd of April, otherwise known as the Montana Religious Freedom Restoration Act or RFRA into law. It would enable service providers and individuals to freely deny certain goods and aid to LGBT plus people. Um, and it requires state officials to, quote, show a compelling governmental interest to interfere with a person's religious beliefs. Now, this is uh, it's typical RFRA, right? Uh, one of the more famous of them was the one that then Governor Mike Pence signed into law in the state of Indiana in 2015. But it's basically the because Jesus is a good excuse for just about anything you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. It's always religious freedom, but like Christian religious freedom. Like it's never Muslim religious freedom or like Jewish religious. Freedom. It's always Christian. Yep. Well, it's not. So listen, listen to this spokesperson. This is a spokesperson for Governor Gianforte's office trying to like punch it up and try to make it not about just Christians. Sure. Um, quote, Montana joins 21 other states with RFRA laws where it has historically been used to allow Native American children to wear braids in school, <laughs> seeks to wear turbans in the military, and Christian employers to refuse to cover abortions under their health insurance policies. I, When I think of Republicans, <laughs> I think of really defending the rights of indigenous children. That's, yes. what I, that's like <laughs> the one thing that pops to my mind. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I can't. I hope that person burns in hell. Um, (laughs) Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's the ACLU has warned that it is seeing individuals and institutions claiming a right to discriminate by refusing to provide services to women and LGBT people based on religious objections, such as religiously affiliated schools firing women because they became pregnant while not married. Oh, fuck. Bridal salons, photo studios and reception halls closing their doors to same sex couples planning their weddings. Uh, these kinds of laws are being weaponized. It's not just an exercise in fear mongering or what aboutism. It's mm-hmm. actually fucking happening in the places mm-hmm. that have these kinds of laws. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeehaw. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like not surprising, but still sucks. You know, it's like, yeah. it's hard to know what to do with that feeling. Yeah. 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 There's, where's, yeah. I don't know, Kyle. Fuckers are everywhere. Fuckers are everywhere. Um, news the next? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so remember those planes, that, that plane that crashed a couple of weeks ago uh, as a gender reveal oh, yeah. thing, a gender reveal party that happened? Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a new one uh, just <gasps> just happened on Thursday, on April 22nd um, in New Hampshire. He there was a gender reveal party that used 80 pounds of explosives as a gender reveal stunt that apparently resulted in people calling in reports of an earthquake. There were cracked foundations of houses, broken windows, things fell off of people's walls. It was heard across the state line in Massachusetts. Um Police in Kingston, which uh, is a town not far from the Massachusetts border, received reports of a loud explosion Tuesday evening. They responded to Torromeo Quarry, where they found people who acknowledged holding a gender reveal party with explosives. With 80 pounds of explosives? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you. Here's what genitals my child has. Boom. Explosion. Deal with it, I guess. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. So the source of, yeah, it was 36 kilos of tannerite. Um, the family thought the quarry would be the safest spot to light the explosive, which is typically sold over the counter as a target for firearms practice, apparently. But um, there was property damage. <laughs> uh, Sarah Taglieri, who lives in a home that abuts the quarry, told the television station, we heard this god-awful blast. It knocked pictures off our walls. I'm all, all up for silliness and whatnot, but that was extreme. Um, no I injuries. love Buzz Bunny, but <laughs> don't do it in real life. <laughs> Good Lord. Um, police said that they had seen a video of the reveal and could confirm that the child is a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Why is your baby's dick so important? I just... I, I, I'm also... By the way, I'm a little worried about this because there have been... Nobody's directly confronted me about it yet, but there have been some people that have made some like apologist type comments about gender reveals, like all along the lines of like, maybe they're okay if you don't burn someone's house down when you have them. And yeah. I, I just, I just want to go on the record. It's okay to disagree with me. I think that the entire institution is fucked and we should stop regardless <laughs> of the form that the event takes. Your baby's genitals are nobody's business. Shut up about it. Yeah. yeah. And because you admitted that we already recorded this, we ask uh, Sarah a little bit about she has two young kids. So we ask her about, uh, you know, her children's gender because she says I have a boy and a girl. So that'll be interesting to hear her take. Stick around. Stay tuned for more. On this stay, stay developing tuned for story. More. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And like. Is this just is this just escalation? Is this just like well, if all they're going to do is crash a plane, I'm going to fuck some shit up. That's like, what I was worried about. That like maybe they're trying to get the reveal in the newspaper. Like maybe that's the new thing for straight people. Is like straight cis people is like we we want our reveal to be on the news. That's how we're really telling everyone through this newspaper article that <laughs> reveals the damage we did, and that's the only way the gender <laughs> is confirmed or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fucked up. Uh, interesting plot twist to the woman who is credited as the inventor of gender reveal things who made a cake that was pink on the inside. Uh, the child whose gender reveal party that was uh, still uses she and her pronouns, but wears suits and uh, and doesn't follow gender norms. <laughs> well, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. I'm pre- did the uh, the person who started gender reveal or did the first one or whatever be like, I'd never meant for this. Sorry. <laughs> Dan says yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway. Enough of this. Enough of this belly who. <laughs> News the last. Okay. <laughs> uh, so 19 year old TikTok star Bella Misandria Wardle Fitzpatrick, also known as Nosebleed Fitz. Uh, started a GoFundMe for her upcoming transition procedure. And uh, in about three months, her generous fans raised enough money to fund her entire transition. Wow. So it was about 20,000 pounds. She's from Carlisle. And uh, she said, quote, my socks have just been completely blown off. I truly can't thank everyone enough for donating. My entire transition has been paid for. Uh, she posted a video offering a, quote, big fat fucking thank you to everyone <laughs> who pitched in. It's just so fucking lovely, she said. Now, 
She's based in Carlisle, which is in the UK. She's acknowledged how lucky and privileged she is. She said that over and over again, quote, I know I'm very privileged to have the platform that I have and having such a high following for around eight months before I made the page definitely helped. I want everyone to just to know just how much I appreciate it. I've never directly asked anyone to donate to it. I just made the page and everyone has been amazing and so supportive. Also, she said there was never a question about whether her gender identity would be supported by her fans or her family, and everyone she has come out to has been completely amazing about it. Now, what I think is interesting that I, I want to talk about a couple of things. I, I mean, I, it's a great story. Like, your, your, your trans and transition and the medical costs of that are often such a huge source of stress and anxiety and a barrier for entry for, for people to, to get the confirmation surgery that they need. Um, but in the UK, they have socialized healthcare. They have the, the NHS, the National Health Service. And according to this, she's been able to begin her transition process with her first appointment at a gender clinic because by paying for it out of pocket, she gets to bypass NHS waiting lists, which are currently estimated to be between three and six years Damn. for gender transition. And so in my head, the nationalized healthcare is this like magical panacea and becomes this equalizer for society. But apparently even in the UK that has this robust and amazing system, if you got the cash, you can skip the line. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, like a, a toll fast lane on the freeway to <laughs> transness that like, I don't, I, it's, it seems colossally unfair to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's fucking expensive to be trans. I mean, not just this for a million reasons, but like, yeah, sometimes like, especially in the U S either you have to pay for it yourself or insurance companies will make you pay for it and then they'll reimburse you, which means you have to have the money available right then. It's yeah. It's yeah. 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 Just the idea that it's so expensive to begin with that it is, it is such a, a in, intense process. And then it's not considered essential enough of healthcare that it's just a thing that you automatically get or yeah. at least if it is you have to wait three to six years to get this care that you need yeah. in in that in that system so i just there was I'm, I'm very happy for her i'm happy for her fans and that they showed up for her and that her transition has started that's beautiful and lovely and i just there was a bunch of red flags and shit that i didn't realize or, or thought about until until this story came across the desk and was like huh She's yeah, kind of fucked up there, I guess. This is gayish. We can't just be purely happy about something. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be too easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so that's the news. Speaking of people that are too easy, I want to thank the following <laughs> Patreon <laughs> members uh, who I forgot to mention last time. So I'm mentioning this time. I wish I thought of something special to do for you. Maybe I'll say each of their names twice. Jacob Weaver. Jacob Weaver. Oh. You were thanked twice. That's the benefit you get when I forget you. Hi, Jacob Weaver, that's the third time. That's for free. Um, thank you to Nicholas Schatz. Mike, don't say anything. Nicholas Schatz, thank you. We appreciate you. <laughs> Next name, thank you. He's heard it, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been in the car all day. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, Bobby Joe Christensen. Your name is long enough. I don't say it again. You're lucky I'm saying it once. <laughs> Why am I so? I don't know. Hi, everybody. Bobby we appreciate Joe, that, you. This sounds like a cult leader. Bobby Joe Christensen, I would I would sign up for that cult. Yeah. That sounds like a trustworthy name. Yeah. Bobby Joe, 
Or like Bobby Joe is like the secret murderer on a serial killer documentary. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was Bobby Joe the whole time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry, that? everyone. <laughs> um, uh, also, I forgot you'll hear as things fall to pieces at the end. I forgot to mention our Super Gap Bridges at the very end of the episode. So I want to do that now. Thank you to Super Gap Bridges, P- Patrick Martin, Anonymous, Christopher Farrell, Tipsy McStumbles, Thomas B., Chris Cacciatore, and Jerome York, CN and Javi. Uh, it is the CN and Javi studio. Thank you, the studio namesake. We said we'd say your names and we have now fulfilled that obligation because there's no better way to sell Patreon than refer to it as an obligation. Great. If you want to be involved in any of this, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash games podcast and <laughs> you'll love it. Okay. We have our I'm, next. Um, I'm very, I'm very glad that I have now the confidence to not be here and know everything will be fine. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the takeaway. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh we have don't we have a patreon chat and hangout we sure do may yeah, so, 5th exactly right may 5th at 6 p.m pacific is our quarterly zoom call for our patreon supporters all patreon supporters regardless of level get the opportunity to hang out with us and get wasted for a while yeah yeah <laughs> or not or you know drink lacroix no like, wasted okay. required oh, we need boy. your money and you need a beer Sorry, all those people that hated our sobriety episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I think before we can, we don't have too much to say, I don't think, um, before we get Sarah on here and um, hear uh, all the inappropriate things we ask. I think. No, the, Kyle, we need, we need the cis perspective. <laughs> yes, let's. Uh, oh, hold on. If there's anything that we don't have enough of, it's cis voices. Let's, yeah, let's really get our hot take on. No, the like, the most important thing, I think, is to know that. We are asked Sarah as a friend of ours to come on the show. And we said, we are going to ask you highly inappropriate questions. Are mm-hmm. you okay with that? And she said, yes. So you need to know that she's awesome for agreeing to a- answer inappropriate, deeply personal, none of my fucking business things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. don't ask trans people this. Like these, yeah. You are not allowed to do what we do. <laughs> yeah. And her amazing wife uh, stepped in for the Patreon segment and offered some uh, some insights and put up with some inappropriate questions too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I I'm very grateful to Sarah. The reason I wanted to do this is because I think people have a natural curiosity. That's okay. It's okay to be curious about things, but also you need to know when to shut the fuck up and not ask someone about it. You know, like yeah. you got to yeah. know the time and place. And I feel lucky enough that I, I hopefully. By listening to us ask, like people can get these questions answered that they're curious about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from Sarah's perspective, from one trans person's perspective. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll help you learn a little bit more about the trans community, about Sarah, about what it, what her experience is. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. I'm, I'm excited to hear it just like <laughs> the, the rest of the people that are hearing it now. <laughs> um, yeah. We, we asked her about, Caitlyn Jenner, her penis, her kids, like a, a lot of bathroom going, peeing, just a bunch of shit that you're not supposed to say. Um, did you did you talk about Jesus? Uh, no, he really didn't come up. Unlike three days after the crucifixion, he didn't really come up that much. Right, all right, <laughs> fantastic. Um, now we talked about her atheism and uh, that's a little what, bit. That's what she she was on. She was on our our atheist episode yeah. way back in the day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. All right. All right, cool. Well, let's roll that 
beautiful bean footage. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and when, when we're when we're back, I will I will be gone and replaced by a trans woman. <laughs> I mean, th- is this a good time to tell everyone that's what's happening anyway? <laughs> She's pretty good, Mike. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let's let's take a break. Let's take a break. Break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Are we back? We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> this is Kyle here. <laughs> I'm here with Sarah Ray, friend of the show, host of the Sarah Talk podcast. She's the co-founder and director of Atheist Community of Polk County. Yes, that's in Florida. It's totally fine. She loves it. Um, she is a wife. She has two kids. Uh, welcome back to the show, Sarah. Hey, thanks. It's good to uh, good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Um, so... We're doing something a little bit different than we usually do. We we when we talk to guests, we like to ask personal questions, but I still feel like we try to be like good people to some degree, <laughs> <laughs> or as good as we can make it. But um, yeah, so this time you, I just to confirm, so everyone can hear, confirmed that you're down to ask or answer any question that we have to ask about being trans. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm going to jump right in. Okay. And I want to start with Caitlyn Jenner. (sighs) And my question for you is, if you had the chance to hit Caitlyn Jenner with a car, (laughs) would you do it? God, this is so hard. I know, right? (sighs) I'll I'll let everyone know who doesn't know you. You generally, like, care about humans and people living and stuff. I really do. So, yeah, so so I identify as an atheist, but I also identify as a humanist. And I would probably put humanism first, right? Like atheism tells you what I don't believe. Yeah. And humanism tells you all the things that I do care about. <sighs> She's awful. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I would hit her with a car. That's very big of you. That's very... We do need to find a way to like stop her from running for governor of California, though. Like that would be a good thing we could do. What? Yeah. What's your kind of react? I mean, mostly what I've seen is the reaction from the trans community and the LGBT community at large is like, no, like no one thinks she's a trans activist or running right. like for trans people or anything like that. But what's your take? Yeah, uh, she hurt us. Like, I, I maybe I take that personally. She hurt me. Right when she came out, uh, we we all I think as the trans community initially like formed a big circle around her and like yes we love you and embrace you and we want you to be who you who you truly are and and isn't like and finally we have this um this this person in the media uh this well known person who has this super cool history uh, in the Olympics and like. Yay, maybe we've got a role model finally. And then she produced this show and she was like, I'm a garbage Trumplican. And, <laughs> and we were all like, how can you possibly support those policies when those are the people? I mean, look right now. These are the people that are filing uh, bills in all the states in the union to yeah. keep trans kids from playing in sports and more bathroom bills and all of these things that harm our community and you're like where's my red hat it's time to Mm -hmm. go to battle yeah stop it i did think there i was gonna ask about like whether you think she's good or bad for the community because on one hand yeah her history being a 
like well-known figure in sports d- it right. is antithetical to what people assume about trans people like to have someone in that role then come out as trans that seems like a, a like hey wake up everybody it's not what you expect but and then yeah. I, I always feel like like Aaron Shock like when you come out at first you have a little bit of time to move away from your shitty beliefs and start to like oh okay I, yeah. I'm like I'm like you know coming to this awakening it doesn't feel like she's gotten nope. or going there nope uh, we talk about that when people like fall away from religion it takes a long time to shed all of the shitty things that came along with the religious belief too right the the yeah. ideas about bodily autonomy and women's place in the world and all of those things so yeah i like okay i'll give her a few years but it's been a few years and here we are so i don't think i don't think she's a positive force representation role model whatever for trans people and i don't think she's qualified to be governor (laughs) (laughs) okay the next important question what are you drinking uh this is rum and coke nice Um, i I do work tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, is is that specifically to get in the mindset for these questions? It may be, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I want to ask you about, I think what a lot of people say about, oh, wow, I just did what Trump said. A lot of people are saying, um, like, sometimes, especially TERFs will say, that trans women have grown up and been socialized as a boy. So that's kind of one of their justifications for exclusion of trans people from women's spaces, Uh cis women's spaces. So obviously the exclusion of trans people is really shitty, but what are your thoughts on that kind of turf talking point? Yeah. I mean, like all of my anxiety of like using women's restroom, for example, right. Um, part of that is wrapped up in the fact that we've seen shitty people come out and like, you know, yell at people in the restroom and call the cops on people in the restroom. And there was one story we covered five years ago or so that like a lesbian woman, a fab, uh, got into some like, oh, you shouldn't be here. And she was like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) So like everybody gets caught up in it. Um, so part of that is like, I think we see how trans people are treated, but then there is another part of it that is legitimately like, yeah, we were, we were brought up that like, these are, we are so different and these are separate spaces and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and that's something that, that I felt like I had to work at breaking down, but also I've found that like a lot of my, um, assigned female at birth friends are all super supportive and like willing to help in correcting some of that <laughs> socialization that happened. Like, and I know a lot of, I know a lot of trans women specifically who, um, who f- talk about missing that stuff in their youth. Like I didn't get to have, you know, girly slumber parties where we stayed up and talked about boys and did our nails and our hair and all of that stuff. So it's, I mean, it's weird that we so differently socialize kids by gender to start with. Like, I think that's kind of a silly (laughs) thing that we do too, but it is a thing that we do. Yeah. 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 I also think that when people are saying that, and you can jump in if I, um, like, I, I think 
the idea that if you were, if you're saying you were socialized as a boy or whatever, like that's your assumption that then you are had the same experience as a cis boy is so like it's so like imagine how shitty it is to be social as a boy when you're not like that that to me is like the missing piece that people aren't understanding about like you uh, but you're not a cis boy so like it was very different for you than it was for me right for a lot of people it's it is that sort of forced like oh i i mean and this is your your venn diagram overlap with being a, a gay boy uh i'm gonna force you to be the manly man boy that you're gonna be you know yeah um that kind of shit now for me it was it was really weird because i didn't start feeling different until like puberty so i mean i grew up on a farm we had i had a three-wheeler we had animals and horse and all kinds of you know i was i was a country kid and we went fishing and frog gigging in the middle of the night and i did all that kind of stuff that would you know probably be seen as uh socialization as a you know as boy stuff and then when I hit puberty, like things started feeling different. What is it like going through puberty when you're trans? Because I hear about, uh, you know, people talking about the, the, the idea of uh, puberty blockers to help manage that. Or, you know, I, it, it's, I, I hear that it's not great, but what's that experience like? So in the 1990s, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> we didn't have like the stuff that kids have today uh is so far and advanced and um uh, supportive than than what we had and again like keep in mind i'm from a small town of 1400 people in the middle of cornfields in illinois and so there was no diversity there was no like gay was still a four-letter word that we all hushed about <laughs> oh my god can you believe so and so is gay you know uh and he's such a good kid too yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I never would have guessed. Uh, so to be trans is like all we had were jokes on the Jerry Springer show, right? You know, I didn't mm. know my wife was a man kind of stuff. Yeah. So we didn't have any, there was, there was nothing. Like we didn't even have the language for it. And I discovered, uh, th you know, this was at the, the birth of the internet and we had forums, right? And crossdressers.com was like the place to go for people who felt like this. Mm. And so that was really like my first sort of introduction to the idea that there were other people out in the world that felt the same way I did prior to that. It was, it was lonely. It was like, I'm the only freak that feels the way I feel. And the only way that I could even try to express what I was feeling or, or I don't know, but like, you know, I had to steal bras from my mom or sister's drawer to to wear and feel right. Like, mm. I didn't know why I was doing it. I didn't know why I liked it. I just knew that something about this exploration about this felt right. Mm. And so then I got caught, like, a lot. And because I wasn't very good at hiding stuff, you <laughs> know. Uh, and so I got caught a lot. And the the reaction to that was, you know well, why are you doing this? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I am. And I, I like, I, and I knew at that point already, it's shameful to say that. Don't, don't let on that like, oh, this is a thing that you enjoy yeah. because that's, that's shameful for some reason. I didn't fully understand it, but like, that's, that's where I was. And so we ended up in therapy. Old white dude, it was uh, associated with our college. 
And it's very clear that like he didn't have any idea what was going on or, <laughs> you know, training in this sort of thing. So like all I can remember from that, and this is probably trauma brain too, but like he would just say over and over again, why are you doing this? Why are you taking these things? Why are you doing this? And I would just repeat, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. And like, that was the, that was the extent of therapy, man. So then I hit it. Like I packed it away and was like, okay, well, we're not doing this anymore. This is obviously bad if it led to all of these things. Yeah. When you say packed it away, do you mean your penis? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that I'd never been able to do that. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Like the, the tucking thing. Like I don't yeah. No, That's not a thing. <laughs> do Okay, that, let's. A lot of the questions <laughs> am, are going to be ahead? about your. I mean, no, you're jumping right to where we, a lot of the questions are going to be about your genitals because that's like what a lot of yeah. people want to ask but can't. Right. So, sure. What do you got? Do you have a penis? I do. Do you want do, your penis? Do you want to see it now or should we save it for the patrons? <laughs> <laughs> Bonus content. Everyone join. Uh, Look, I will tell you, it's nothing to be excited about. Um, so. <laughs> well, I was good. I thought you might be getting to like you just had a really big dick, so that's why you couldn't tuck. I thought no. it was going to be a weird brag that <laughs> it's so weird because my whole this is maybe this is like part of your your uh, boyhood socialization things or whatever, but like I've always been torn my entire life between like God damn it, I wish it was bigger, and <laughs> God damn it, I wish I didn't have it. Mm. That's interesting. I, Isn't it? It's so weird to be like, and I don't know if that's just like the rage of hormones when testosterone is pumping and I'm, you know, which it's not anymore. And I'll talk about that. But oh, sure. If that's the times when I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to have sex with a girl and I need a, I want it to be bigger. Yeah. I yeah, no, that I, I mean, now that you say that, that totally makes sense because, yeah, like it's like if you if you own a penis, it's supposed to be big, and yeah. that's what you that's what you need to have. So it it makes sense, yeah. even though it sounds conflicting. Well, and I, and I guess I should qualify that to say that, and and the thoughts of wishing I didn't have it weren't associated at all with like penis size. It was like, and I I should have a vagina. I shouldn't have mm -hmm. a penis at all. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, it w I wish it was bigger, but since it's not, I wish I, it, you know what mm. I mean? Like it wasn't, that part of it wasn't related to size at all. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So then what happens is then you, then you go on hormones and I can't speak for everyone, but, um, uh, so I started with a testosterone blocker and this was like, uh, five, six years, six years ago, I guess now, 2015, 2016. So I started with a testosterone blocker estrogen and progesterone and you, the factory shuts down pretty quick uh it <laughs> okay, becomes wait. it becomes fine that's really specifically for me it, it becomes real difficult to get an erection uh w when you have an erection like it doesn't do much uh hmm. it be my my penis became extremely sensitive uh, in in all of this process too um in a like, good way or a bad way like feel good or bad in in a way that like do you remember a time in your life where when when you were masturbating it felt okay and good and like because you knew what what it needed to feel like and and you knew what you were doing but yeah. then when you went to be with a partner it was just like oh don't do that this is you don't <laughs> know what you're this is wrong yeah yeah that happened so, like, uh, my wife and I have had a great sex life, 
we have always been like super connected when it comes to our like each other's needs and like sex was great and then all of this like chemical hormone change stuff started happening and it was like no take your mouth off of it that that's <laughs> too it's too much now like it's yeah. just it's too sensitive it's too much I just this is just this doesn't work anymore hmm. so so i can get an erection and i can i can masturbate and come um but like that's the extent of it now and i and that doesn't happen very often like the 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 sex appetite completely died i was a i was not a good uh male presenting person uh <laughs> i was sex craved and if it walked and had tits i would you know like i was that kind of guy uh, really and oh yeah and now i'm not that at all some of that's getting old and having kids and like you know having to be an adult but yeah i was i was going to ask about the sex part like before you started taking your medication like did was it distressing to like top someone to use your penis either sex or masturbation that was great nope. <laughs> absolutely absolutely loved it <laughs> that's the, like what i'm like the the two sides so, that i can see or yeah go ahead so yeah so um there i should like i should step out of myself every once in a while and and think, think about the broader community right? there are a <laughs> lot of there are a lot of trans people who have like crippling gender dis, uh, uh body dysmorphia right yeah. where attached to their gender dysphoria where when i look down in the shower like i want to self-harm yeah. that's never been me huh. i know there are a lot of people like that but that's i have always been sort of like ambiguous about it and in fact i i don't know if this happened during like a depressive episode but i, I decided that i wanted to uh, finally have surgery and so i called and made the appointment and it was like four years out and so i don't even know where we are on that now but um they do have uh like appointments cancel and they move you up so they don't get real you know picky with scheduling um but like it's not because of any like serious oh my god i can't live anymore if i look down in the shower and see a penis hmm. um it's more for i just want to feel right i want to look right when i look in the mirror i want clothes to fit the way they're supposed to fit because they don't when you and that's that's another one of those things that that may be more in my head than it is in reality mm -hmm. where you feel like the you feel like a walking bulge right <laughs> like all, oh my god everyone knows i was a dude because i they can see a bulge and and i know that you want a true. camel toe not a moose knuckle <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Yeah. So like there's I don't know, there's a whole lot of stuff wrapped up in that decision to uh to have surgery too. Where where are you on that now? Uh, do you want to or do you still have that appointment scheduled? I do. Um I fluctuate a little bit with like, you know, whether that's a priority or not. Like there's the other part of that is that's a major surgery and Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Fortunately, like I work in a place where insurance, you know, covers that. But when in America, when you say insurance covers that, it means after all the co-pays and the deductibles <laughs> and the out-of-pocket maximums and $7,000 later, insurance covers it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not like insurance covers it, covers it. Yeah. Um, at first, I wanted to do uh, uh, breast enlargement too. 
And now the more I think about that, I think like, eh, what I got's what I, you know, not bad. I can, huh. I can handle that. Huh. Um, because the, the hormones, you know, do give some breast growth. Yeah. Uh, what I need them to do is take some of my gut and move it to my ass. Just like that's. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say push it up, but that's yeah. That's like, yeah. Um, I have no butt to speak of. <laughs> <laughs> so is the kind of it's it's interesting hearing because you're right. I, in my mind, it's that every tr- trans woman wants to get rid of her penis. So the fact that you're not just like gung ho, absolutely is, is part of like, if you could wish it away right now and it could just disappear. It'd be gone. Yep. You, okay. Okay. Yep. So it's, it's, it's more about the other things that come along with like a, a major surgery that you're undergoing to have the right. money to. Yeah, yeah. Right. Does this, does this mean you've had no surgeries at all, Sarah? Yeah. No surgeries at all. Wow. How do you then feel about your level of, femininity or how do you feel about passing do you you are kind of like a bigger woman like how do you how do you feel about that or how does that i don't know how do you how do you feel walking around like thinking that people might be looking at you i used to be super wrapped up in my head about that Hmm. um like in those early first you know year or two after quote unquote after transitioning Hmm. um and I think the farther I get without having an incident, because I haven't really, I haven't had anybody like, you know, I get misgendered a lot, but also like I've embraced the fact that I have a deep voice. Like I worked mm. in radio. Uh, this is just, and again, like this is just who I am. A lot of trans people go through voice therapy to yeah. sort of train their voice into a, a slightly higher register. That's a, you know, a bit more feminine. And that just, I I gave that a try and it just wasn't like it just felt <laughs> it felt raw it felt like not me like I'm hmm. like I'm pretending to be something that I'm not and so um, could you break us off a sample of like where you were at with your feminine voice no okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no I guess the idea is that you just like sort of soften your voice a little bit and raise it up just a little bit into the upper register so that it's it's not a sharp harsh sound but something a little little softer i don't know that feels a little bit isn't that i don't know misogynistic yeah (laughs) doesn't that that feel like can you just be quieter and less yeah less there please (laughs) yes exactly yeah yeah it just felt it felt wrong that makes sense. It's not. It's not me, and it's a lot of work. I'm lazy. I <laughs> I don't have. I can't do that. Are you kidding me? How? I mean, it, it seems like yeah. There's all this pressure of what you should be doing as a trans person, and and if you don't, do, do you ever get any kind of pushback or bad vibes from other trans people who think you should want your voice to be higher, have the surgery right now, or no? I think. Um. I think a lot of. I mean, a lot of the trans people that I've run into or or in my circles, I think everybody's get a pretty good understanding that like this whole thing is really a, a journey about discovering who you are and that whatever that is, is okay. And hmm. so if we, if we try to snap on those stereotypes onto that quest for authenticity, then that takes away some of the authenticity. Uh, so I think there's, uh, there's something in, and again, this may just be the people that I've, you know, that I've encountered or, or, hmm. or around, um, no, I don't get that. That's good. Okay. Then I, another question I wanted to ask, um, if that's awesome. Great. What's the worst thing about trans people though? Uh, um, 
Wait, did you say Ugh, because you had an immediate answer that no, you didn't want to say? Oh, okay, okay. No, because I don't really know. I don't. Okay. So there's another weird thing of like a lot of times I don't feel like I fit into the trans community. Maybe because I'm not like chasing that that feminine stereotype quite yeah. the way everyone else is. Maybe that's part of it. Um I I don't know. Like I don't know. Well, it's interesting because we we've of course talked about it from the gay perspective, not totally feeling like you fit in or feeling like there's this ideal. Where do you do you think you've found that like what you should be doing from trans people you've seen in real life, from the media, from I don't know where where did you learn what you should be that you're not totally fitting in with? I, I think it's all all of the above. I think mm-hmm. it's like seeing other trans people's like quest for perfection right mm. um in the early days let's go back to crossdressers.com right like uh, these were people whose experiences were uh, there's a generation gap too right these were these were people whose experiences were um you know finding mom's slip and that being you know the silky uh, slip or or hosiery or that sort of thing um, that was a very generational like clothing item. Uh, and so there was a sort of maybe a generational quest for what femininity looked like yeah. to to people of that time. And I'm in a different time and place where maybe I just don't see see it that way. I don't know. Like maybe we, you know, as in different in different eras, we just have this different perspective of of what is masculine and feminine and what is uh, sort of the quest that we're on. Yeah. So uh, do you have any kind of feelings or jealousy or anything when you see a trans woman who super duper passes as super feminine and hot uh, and skinny and you know, all the, all the stuff you're supposed to be. Those bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we wanted. That's how, we got the clip. Those yeah. bitches. Yeah. Yeah. That, I have a lot of, um, I don't know if regret is the right word, but so I'm, I'm 41. I started transitioning around 35 and, uh, I spent my twenties still sort of describing myself as a crossdresser again, because that's really like the, the only words that we have. And I was in my first marriage and she was aware and, um, Supportive is not the necessarily right word. Uh, she tolerated it, right? And it was one of those like, well, if you're going to do this, like as long as it's at home and nobody sees it, then it's, you know, okay, I guess. Like, I don't understand it, but if this is what you need to do, okay. Yeah. And then then we moved down here to Florida and grew apart and divorced and I got remarried and 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 my wife now is like my number well number two champion because my kids number one. So I think like what I wouldn't give to have some of that time back. Mm. I mean, how many nights do you lay in bed and think like, God, I wish I could just wake up tomorrow and be in the body. I'm supposed to be, be who I am, be seen by everyone the way I feel who I am. Um, so like if I could go back to 11 or 12 or whenever that was, and you know snap my finger and change who i was then and then start from there yeah that would be an interesting you know 
Star Trek. Uh, Mike, where are you? <laughs> I, I need you. This Mike, is... I need you. Uh, <laughs> no, no Star Trek. <laughs> no, uh, I could see that being uh, a whole but, arc. Like, yeah. yeah, but like, so, you know, di- was I hampered in my 20s by not being in a place where I could really express who I am and, and you know, sort of really explore it? And I don't know. Does it feel, it seems to me like it would feel unfair. Like why, why couldn't I have been born in the right body? Mm -hmm. Do you, do you have that kind of feeling of anger or I don't know. I did for a long time. Yeah, I did for a long time. Yeah. You know, uh, and the, the story of my like religious falling out, uh, Mm -hmm. and my gender identity, um, those, those paths don't cross a whole lot. So like, I wasn't the kid that was laying in bed praying to God, let me wake up tomorrow and and be a girl. I had those thoughts, but it wasn't connected to like my religion. Hmm. Where are you now with that feeling? Because it sounded like you said it sounded like maybe you're kind of over. You've yeah. moved on or been able to accept it. How is that yeah. true? Yeah, uh, and and this is probably uh, credit to Becca, who has this life mantra that's like, I would not be the person I am today had I not gone through all the things that I've gone through up to this point. Like. Yeah good or bad they <laughs> good or bad they these are the things that that made me who i am and i like who i am so yeah. i'm at peace with that yeah that's beautiful speaking of very touching deep emotional things how do you peace <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say speaking of beautiful and then i would just stand up and drop oh trout. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> get in on that patreon action um uh, I do you do you still pee standing up ever? Do you like what's only at home? Okay, um, only at home. No, I wouldn't be caught dead like in a public restroom standing up. I would never, never do that. But like at home, look if if your options. Look, okay, so first of all, I have an eleven-year-old son. Uh, so there's pee on everything <laughs> in, in one of the bathrooms. <laughs> I mean everything. He's one of those kids that like you walk into the bathroom and all you can imagine is that he just stood at the doorway threshold <laughs> and and tried to get as much in as he could. Right? <laughs> so so I don't sit in that bathroom ever. Mm. Uh but like it's convenient to not have to sit sometimes. Yeah. Now, uh penis holders, it's healthier to sit uh to p2 like more like there there's medical data to back up that you know uh that you relax more and more comes out and it's just generally healthier for you to sit i wish oh i wish with my child i had set the the hard fast rule like if it has a seat you sit yeah 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 if you if you're raising kids anybody uh, this is the rule to set if it has a seat you sit on it if it's a urinal, you can stand at it. That's the rule for for penis having children. <laughs> if, if you have a seat, you sit on it. It's so close to my rule for the gay bars. It's so it's almost <laughs> right there. It's so close, but um, <laughs> um I, 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 it's so weird because I sit down to pee even at home every time. And I heard I read on a uh, Reddit like life pro tip uh, that if you push on your perineum, then you can push a little bit more pee out. So I do Hmm. that. Like that is like a, 
you know, cause when you have a penis, like sometimes then like you don't get it all out and then you got the little drips coming out of your underwear and it's really annoying. So that's like the, yep. the tip on how to, how to get rid of it. The huh. sitting to pee to me is like, like they've shown scientists shown that throwing a, like to shoot a bass, throwing a basketball, whatever they do, they get the basketball the in the hole. You know, <laughs> they, they, that it's better. You're more likely to make it if you throw it underhand than if you shoot it overhand. But it's, but that looks so, I don't know, gay, feminine, stupid mm. that people won't do it that sitting to pee it's like feels like that shit that's like this is so dumb the ideas we have of what you're supposed to do why does a man stand like why is that so important to everyone i don't yes. know it's it, this is back to laziness <laughs> like <laughs> it's just so much easier to to just and sometimes you know it's just it's just as easy to like pull up one pant leg and you stick it out the the leg <laughs> hole and do it that way than it is to pull your whole you know i've never done that no you should try it stay tuned I, for the patreon I, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a video of me peeing <laughs> uh yeah it's a lazy thing for me like when um uh particularly so uh, we do the show that i do now um free thought in florida we do it live on on friday nights and it the last few weeks it's it goes two two and a half hours it's a long show and and i drink rum and coke the whole time last uh this past week i spilt a whole a whole glass of rum and coke all over my lap but anyway oh no so so it's like um i'm gonna play a six minute clip and i have six minutes to run to the restroom and get <laughs> back in here yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the time you stand yeah, yeah i'm yeah. in a hurry i don't have time that makes a lot of sense, actually. I, yeah. Do you, so do you use the women's room in public? Like, yes. And, and sit. And so you have to. Well, I guess you don't yeah. have to sit down, but that would be. Yeah. Uh, and I there are still times that I'm like self-conscious about using the women's room. Hmm. Um, and that probably goes back into we, we sort of touched on it earlier, but didn't really go down that road of like passing and, you know, how how I am seen to other people in public. Um, and, and that is not always the same as how you see yourself in the mirror. And so a lot of times, like, I still see the man in the mirror, uh, hmm. when I look, but not, you know, I'm, I have to be reminded from other people outside my body that like, no, you're, you actually, you know, people see you for, for feminine more than you think people do. Hmm. Um, not that that helps you know, when you're up in your head and yeah. <laughs> overthinking all the things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, especially from what you've said, but just what I know about you, I think about you as being so outspoken and determined and knowledgeable and all these great things. Do, so the, do you still feel, do you feel like good when you're walking in the bathroom or do you like uh, you, you mentioned sometimes you get worried? Like, I don't know. Do you still get worried when you walk into a women's restroom? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, you know, like, it depends on how how busy it is. Um, like for example, we were at a a, a car dealership this past you know, was it yesterday. It was yesterday, and their showroom wasn't very busy. Like, and I have so I have a son and a daughter, and the daughter is five, and you know, so she ne still needs someone to go to the restroom with her, mm -hmm. and uh, and so like. If it's not very busy, it doesn't really throw up a bunch of red flags for me. But also, like, there was one point where I walked up and there was a, a dad, like, holding the door open for his girls to go in without him. And 
And he said something about like, oh, I was just checking to make sure there was nobody in here for my kids or something. And I and so then I got up in my head about like, yeah. uh, oh, did you did you just see me for a woman? Yeah. And like make an excuse for why you're a dude with your your head in the bathroom door of the women's room. Huh. On the other hand, pre-COVID when, you know, like when we went to the local theater to see Wicked and you're at intermission and the line is 45 people long, all I can think is, fuck, these people around me are wondering what the hell this dude in a dress is doing, like in this line, you know, <laughs> because it's, there's just so much more going on. Yeah. So are you tempted to use the men's restroom then? Because you're like, there's no line at the men's restroom. I can get <laughs> right in. Or is that so like, I, you, you can't do like, you wouldn't want to no. do that. No, I wouldn't do that. No. Like if you could, if you could guarantee for me that like, you know, there's not a dude bro in there that's going to beat my ass. Oh uh, God. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but this is the thing, like when it comes to restrooms, it's stupid that we sex segregate restrooms in the first place. It's stupid that we sex segregate a lot of things, but, <laughs> but restrooms for sure. And a lot of the arguments that people make are easily solved. Like if you think about the last public restroom you went into, why are the dividers and doors not floor to ceiling? So yep. gay men can have sex in the bathroom <laughs> underneath the stall. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were just super homophobic, Sarah. <laughs> That's really offensive to me. <laughs> Drill a hole. Who wants to bend down like that? Come on. Drill a hole is Dan's grinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, um, yeah. I, I mean, hey, make it... Uh, uh, unisex uh, multi-stall restroom and then we can all fuck whoever yeah. we want to fuck like <laughs> oh my god wow, I love whatever. That. that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> you talked about sex segregation i want to ask about you have kids and i distinctly hear i think about like how weird and gross gender reveal parties are or just oh, people's god, attitudes about them but like but you said you know i have a son and a daughter i have a boy and a girl or whatever like yep i, I think a lot of people think that trans people want everyone to be gender neutral until so like how do you feel about gendering your kids that's, when they're young that's a great one uh um, <gasps> thank you yeah uh i i operate under the assumption that like okay we're i'm gonna assume that my you know my son is a son and a boy and my daughter's a girl and until i know otherwise and so what we've done is um obviously with me being trans it's uh it, we've had to but like we make it uh, obvious and a safe place of like you can be who you want to be and you can mm. you know whoever you are is okay and we love you and um you know just tell us and that it's like it's easy as that <laughs> that was our goal all along was to sort of create this environment where if you are, you know, cishet kid, like if you grow up to be uh, a straight boy, that's cool. Like whoever you are is who you are. Is it really okay if your kid grows up to be a cis straight dude? Can you yes. deal with that? Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> as long as they're not a cishet maga dude. Shithead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's see, that's another thing that that I think like. And maybe this is a uh, part of my humanism bleeding out of like these people that so there was a we've been we've been fighting all of these laws here in Florida. Florida's legislative session lasts 60 days. It's a sprint and it's almost over next next week. It ends. Um, and of course, we have all of these anti-trans laws. 
One of them is called the Parents' Bill of Rights, and this has been filed in lots of other states too. And essentially the idea is like, as a parent, you have ownership, authority, the word they use, it's a very Christian word. You have authority over your children. And so like anything that happens, you should be aware of it. So what it does is it creates things like if your kid comes out to a counselor at school, the parents get notified. Well, we all like to think that all parents are great and loving like we are, right? We just, we assume that all parents are like us and we just love our kids and we do anything for them. But I can't remember, this was a year or so ago, literally two blocks down the road. You guys talked about it, I, I believe, in the in the news, 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 um, <laughs> where <laughs> I'm not just a guest, I'm a fan, oh. where uh, there was a kid dropped off at the police station because his dad suspected him of being gay. Yeah, yeah. And dropped him off in the middle of the night at the police station was like, good luck, kid, figure it out. Yeah. That's two blocks wow. from from where we live. I just... I can't imagine like maybe you kill a dude. Like what is the threshold for? I would turn my back on my child, right? Yeah. Well, what, yeah. what is it? What yeah. is it? I yeah. can handle a lot of shit for my kids. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's, they killed a dude. I, I don't know. But like being who you are is not one of those things. And I'd like to think that, even if they they decided to be, you know, some crazy right wing conspiracy theorist <laughs> that that I, I I would disagree with that. But they're still my kids and I'd still love them. Like, yeah. I just don't understand how you could just throw your kids out. I don't, yeah, that pisses me off so much. Yeah, absolutely. I I had a really intelligent question that I was about to ask you. <laughs> you did. And here it is. No, I lost it. Um, so about my penis. So about your penis. <laughs> I take you also have your balls still too. Yeah, I do. That's a good point too. So there's two. There is a two. Uh, well, there's a multi-step process. So uh, my my surgery is scheduled with, and and you may know this name, uh, Marcy Bowers. No, uh, is that pe- people in the trans circle? Dan's googling right now. People in the. Uh, <laughs> I can see your Google face. People in in the community, like, so back in the, I don't know, 90s or something, there was a series uh, produced called Sex Change Hospital. And it followed this Dr. Marcy Bowers, who who was a surgeon in, at the time, Colorado. And she, like, perfected the one-and-done gender reassignment surgery. She is also trans herself. So... She's like the premier surgeon when it comes to that's why there's a four year waiting period to to get in to see her. She's in California now. So that's that's who my surgery is scheduled with. And uh, uh, yeah, she's like she's legendary for for being that, you know, first of all, visible for like welcoming the cameras in and into the operating room. And talking through, like, this is what the process is like. This is, these are the things that are done during this surgery. I think uh, there are cis people, uh, maybe in the LGBT community, even like me, who are, want to be trans activists or are try to be trans activists. But I'm sure we fuck up or do things that don't feel totally right. And, and maybe you don't 
I don't know if if you ever get to say it or not, but like, what are things that we either fuck up or do that's like, just feels off to you or not totally supportive as we should be? <laughs> this is probably this is probably the same thing that makes me like open to being asked a bunch of questions that you shouldn't ask anybody else. Too. <laughs> but like, uh, for me, I I, I had a, a leader once who taught me this, you know, very valuable lesson, which is assume good intent. And so when I see people like making an effort to try to be allies, to try to, you know, help us and, and maybe you stumble on a thing or two here and there, like if you're at least trying to, you know, be, be on our side, uh, that's good for me. Like I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that like every slip is, you know, Oh, how dare you, you've ruined it, whatever. This sort of conversation is probably like the best thing that can be done. The idea that like you just need trans people to get out there and talk more about what it's like and what the needs are and, you know, what the struggles are and how it feels to, to make more people understand like, Oh, this is what it's like. And I think, I don't know, you can tell me, but like, I think when you, when you do that, and this is the through line of your show, like when you do that, we all start to realize, hmm, we are a whole lot more alike than we are different. And yeah. like that makes it easier to care about each other and, and champion each other. A lot of people need to just sort of sit down and shut up and let like let people who do know what what's what talk. Yeah, there's there's coalition building that needs to happen. There's there's education that needs to happen. Uh, because for a lot of trans people, and we sort of talked about this early on, like the idea that you can, you can totally ask me anything. I'm an open book, <laughs> especially, uh, now that I'm almost done <laughs> yeah. with my drink. <laughs> uh, but like, there's a lot of people that you can't ask those questions to. And so in those times, in those, in those places where we can't stand up for ourselves, like we need allies to be able to stand up and say, look, what these people are going through right now, what you're put like if you're going to speak uh, uh, about a law that's affecting trans people. Right. Um, what you, what this law does to the trans community is so crippling that many of them can't even get up here and talk about it because it's just it's just that much. Yeah. But if we've had conversations and listened to each other and better understand each other, like then you're in a place to stand up and say, like, I can't speak for all of the trans community, but this is what I've learned. And yeah. this is what you need to learn. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, I think that's like you mentioned, like having you come on and, and just share all this, you're right. Realize we're more similar than we are different. There's so many things that you're like, I was also, you know, obviously it's a, from like the gay experience, but I was also wishing I could be a little bit different or feeling like I missed out or all that. And yeah. I think another big thing that I am reminded when I talk to trans people is there's, um, specifically for this show for so i feel lucky that i i do it in this context of like we have this idea of this um social media this twitter uh trans person that's like angry at everyone that you like you said like you slip once and you get yelled at and i'm always like worried that i'm gonna fuck up in some way that i don't even know about and then i talk to tra to trans people like you and it's like they're I don't know. It's just like, be cool with everyone. I don't know. It's just so different when you're like actually interacting and talking to a, a human trans person and not on the internet or not your, the version you have in your head of like, everyone's well, just social media is the death of discourse, right? 
Like, I, I often tell people, so I'm a zennial. I left MySpace. I went to Facebook. I put the car in park, and that's where I stayed, right? Like, I am not good at Twitter. I'm not great. At, like, I can handle Instagram. Uh, TikTok is a world away from me. I don't, yes. I don't these kids, the kids and the TikTok and the Same. hip-hop and the whatever. Like, I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> TikTok but, will always be a Kesha song to me and nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's there's a reason why my show like when I do podcasts, they tend to run two and a half hours. I have a lot of shit to say and I can't <laughs> say it in 126 characters or whatever it is now, like 256, yeah. I guess. But but you're right. Like there there are a lot of people who are who are like hypercritical uh, the minute you sort of cross a line or make a mistake like that that will shoot you down and uh, and i try i try very very hard not to be that because you know again like i just i know that you're not living in my body you're not seeing the world from my eyes it's 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 a very different it can be a very different experience but if we if we took the time to like talk to each other and and actually communicate and not just shout back and forth over the keyboard, you know, maybe we can make a little progress. And you may be aware, uh, you may not. Richard Dawkins, uh, famed scientist Richard Dawkins, uh, champion of the atheist community, Richard Dawkins, <laughs> recently, well, has for a long time been a shitty. Uh, a person and saying all kinds of stupid shit about trans people. But recently he like really stepped in it and, uh, and the atheist community is, is turning on him hard. And, and the lesson that I think you take from that, basically his, his thing was like Rachel Dolezal, the woman who <laughs> led a NAACP chapter and was white, but yep. identified as black. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Rachel Dolezal trans people. Yep. Uh, yep. Right. So that was his tweet. And then at the end, in a very academic sort of, you know, British Dawkins way, discuss. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Big problematic tweet, right? But that wasn't his first infraction. That wasn't the first opportunity that he had to be, like, called in and and say, hey, dude, you're wrong about this. Yeah. And so it's built and grown and it got to this point. And now everybody has just said, you know what? Screw that dude. Like, mm -hmm. don't have heroes. Heroes will let you down. And if I've given you like lots of opportunities to listen to the community that you're talking about that you don't belong to and you're still not getting it, yeah. then bye. Yeah. Like, yeah. Boy, yeah. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's so great. Like assuming people have good intent, but yeah, there's like, I don't know how many tries you get, but it's like yeah. not more than three or something to where it's like, <laughs> Yeah, you're done. Oh, I was going to uh, let you uh, just as the last thing. Are there any other like, uh, did we ask you the worst questions or are there any even worse questions people have asked you in real life? Mm. No, you don't I actually think... have to answer them. Oh. But... <laughs> no, I think a lot of it is like it, it's the very personal questions about like surgeries and mm -hmm. and stuff like that, um, yeah. that that. People and this is this is why I've always been an open book. So when I worked at Disney, uh, when I worked for Disney for almost ten years, um, I had a lot of people, you know, that that I came out to people that I, um, you sort of spend a lot of time figuring out who you can trust, right? Or or who uh, who you think will be receptive and supportive, right? 
And so you sort of build that circle. And then when I started slowly coming out to people, people had all these questions. Uh, maybe not, do you stand to pee? But like, <laughs> <laughs> do you still have your, you know, the, yeah. you know, uh, and, and are you going to, are you going to get rid of it? Like, uh, and, and in a way that of like, when a dude asks you that question, it's like, why would you want to get rid of it? Like, it's, my, it's your, it's your dick, man. Like, why would you want to get rid of it? Uh, and, and again, like there are a lot of trans people who who are not in a in a mental headspace to handle questions like that, right? And so I've when I can be, I've always tried to be the person that's like, you you can ask me. I'm I should tell you, don't ask this to anybody else. Like <laughs> you can ask me, I don't have a problem talking about this stuff, but not everybody is me, right? Like yeah, not everybody yeah. is cool with with these kinds of questions. But again like that's that's an assuming good intent that's that's thinking like okay there are people out there who just don't understand what it's like to be trans and what it you know and, and if that gives me an opportunity to to educate some people that uh that aren't asking out of malice right they're just genuinely trying to understand how, who I am and how I am and how I feel and and you know what makes a person like this tick uh, that, that that's, that's cool. And I will be, you know, when I can be there, are, there are sure there are times that I'm like, okay, this is not an appropriate question to ask me right now. Yeah. But like yeah. most times I'm, I'm cool to, to answer those things. And so hopefully by being able to step into that uh, position, like that has helped some people understand us better and, you know, maybe not be dicks to the people that <laughs> can't handle the you know those deeply personal questions yeah yeah absolutely dan did you have something in your guess well i think i may have maybe a real doozy of an inappropriate question that uh might be fun for patreon oh okay Ooh, yeah. Are you okay dan the answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> oh should i reframe what, the whatever, question so that's whatever super the question controversial? is the answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> do you do you want me to do that now? is that cool to do that oh okay. yeah we can do uh, some patreon whatever now I'm, we're going to like get, I'm going to cut all that out and put it in Patreon. Yes. So now I have to pretend like we're going to a break and we're back. Oh, wait, we have to go no, to wait, the break the opposite, first. Yeah. Break, <laughs> break, break. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll like think of our gay sensoritis and come back. So, okay. 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 Well, Sarah, I really appreciate you answering every single one of these questions. I, I did want to say you talked about the reality show with, uh, and how, how awesome it was that a trans person showed gender confirmation surgeries, you know, back in the day where it was hard, like that, that kind of open invisibility and how important that was to you. And I just wanted to say to you, like you are doing this now, like you, by being so open and honest with us is you're doing the thing you were happy to see before. So I just wanted to, hopefully it's easier to like say nice things about when other people do it and harder to recognize yourself. So I just want to make sure you knew that you're doing that right now. And we really appreciate you being on being open to answering these and, and having this super uncomfortable, maybe more so for us <laughs> conversation. So thank I you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and you can hear more <laughs> highly inappropriate conversations <laughs> for lots of different ways on Sarah's podcast, Sarah talk. Um, but I guess now we'll uh, we'll take a break. So Mike isn't here. So but let's let's take a break. Let's take a break. <laughs> break. Thank you. Break. Who needs Mike anyway? <laughs> this is the part where Sarah. Kyle take a break.
so I traded in my green Jeep yesterday for, uh, uh, Mike, where are you? I traded in my, (laughs) my, my green Jeep Wrangler, uh, uh, that I got after being rear-ended by a, a giant like pickup truck sure. uh, that put me into the like I was in the emergency room, um, and so anyway, so I had to buy a new Jeep Wrangler that was like 2019, and so I traded that in yesterday for a Firecracker Red Jeep Gladiator. Now the Jeep Gladiator is the Jeep front end with a pickup truck back end which I have been resistant to (laughs) for a long time. But my son, who's 11, since the gladiator came back, has like had in his mind, this is, this is my dream car. I want a red gladiator. (laughs) That's what I want. Uh, And so, so we traded in my Jeep to get this red gladiator. Now in the next, you know, four or five years, we'll have it paid down pretty well. By the time he starts driving, he can learn to drive in it. Like this will be his, you know, this will be his vehicle. But that puts me at a dealership. <laughs> which is n- which is the the quite possibly one of the straightest experiences <laughs> that I think a person I, can do. I mean everything you just said about a, about your car was the straightest experience <laughs> yeah. I've had recently. <laughs> so I'm at the dealership and and like we're we were outside like they pulled my new vehicle around and he was like, come on out, take a look at it, whatever. And we walked around and I was, you know, inspecting all the things. And there was uh, inside, just inside the glass, just nearby, uh, there was a blue Jeep something. I don't even know what it was. That's how <laughs> that's how gay this is. <laughs> I don't even know what it was because it's knows? not a Jeep that I would buy. It didn't look like a Jeep. So uh, he says, you know what that is? I said, well, I no no and he was like oh that's a 370 or i don't even know what he said but he started talking like car shit to me like i was gonna know what the hell he was talking about oh it's a v8 i don't fucking care like i don't know what is it that has nothing to do with anything man like i know you're just trying to make conversation but i really just I'm not straight enough to care. Try a different way. <laughs> Try a different conversation, please. Um, we're doing this a little bit out of order because when Mike isn't here, we go crazy. Um, what? Where can people, <laughs> Sarah? Where can people find more about you? Uh, of course, on your podcast. But you know, what do you what do you want there, people yeah, to know? There's there's a bunch of things that uh, that people can go and do. You can go to uh, callmesarah.com which has like all of my things. So I'm a, I am host the Sarah Talk podcast, which is at saratalk.com. Um, I also am a director, and so is Becca, of the atheist community of Polk County, um, which is polkatheists.org. And I am a humanist celebrant, which means I can marry you in the state of Florida. Um, we oh. also do like, uh, we're working on creating other traditions uh, that are like non-standard, non-religious things. Like think about transnaming ceremonies. Like so you go to the courthouse and, and pay your 400 fucking dollars to get Jesus. your name changed, which is batshit crazy. Um, but like let's let's create a, a tradition around that and, you know, get your friends together and make a big deal out of it and have a have a celebration. Uh, so that's sort of like what humus celebrancy is all about. I love that. What else? I do Free Thought in Florida, which is a uh, weekly show now that we do on Friday nights at 
6.30 p.m. Eastern, and that is at www.fif.show. Also, yeah, all of, all of, the, of the stuff. All the Sarah URLs, Sarah with an H, just to yes. make sure you get to the right place. Right. Spell it biblically, for Christ's sake. God the damn right it. way. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, Becca, you joined us during our Patreon segment. So if you want to hear a little bit more from Becca, you have to sign up for Patreon. But uh, <laughs> Becca, who's Sarah's wife. Uh, Hi. <laughs> among, uh, man, that's isn't that the misogynist thing to do to just define you as someone's wife? You, just I'm, wife. I'm sure you're more than that, too. <laughs> but um, have we bought you enough time to come up with your yeah, uh, gays and straightest? Okay, so what do you got? It's like kind of crazy because <laughs> yeah, I'm just the wife. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I lead a very boring life. My my life revolves around my family. So my straightest will be that I spent the whole goddamn day cleaning this motherfucking filthy house. <laughs> yep. Um, and my gayest will probably be later tonight when after the kids go to sleep, I spend all night watching like drag shows on my phone. I yes. Like, I... That's, that's been my like um the YouTubes and the, you know. Just looking stuff up on the internet when I can't sleep. Uh, okay, that is actually a good segue into my straightest, which is that people had to message me, multiple people either posted in our group or messaged me and said, like, the Britney songs were the the songs that they were using in RuPaul's Drag Race for, like, the closing or something. Uh, so, no, I did not know that. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> I was unaware of that. And, like, that that is, like, what gay men are supposed to know and, you, like, everyone's tweeting oh. about. And I, I just didn't and I don't. Um, my gayest yeah. is... Well, I don't know if this is my gayest is um, I have a, a recently discovered I have a turf friend. And anytime now I see his comments, I like reply with like the, the like, you know, dispelling or whatever. So get, getting an ar- argument with turfs on uh, on Facebook. Oh, I, I guess also we didn't do uh, you can contact us at. Uh, gayishpodcast.com Mike help our social media is <laughs> at gayishpodcast oh my gosh okay our number is let's I, five, I don't eight, think I've five, ever five gayish five eight five five four two nine four seven four standard rate supply our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com I don't know our PO box I don't know it doesn't you can find it on the internet oh, if you God. go there um, if you're not careful Mike is never gonna let you do this ever again <laughs> Our physical mailing address is P.O. Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. There you go. Thanks. And that's it. I'm Mike Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be happy, be you. you. (laughs) Mike, you're replaced. We don't need you anymore. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah, for making that work. I didn't even plan out how to do any of this stuff. Uh, without, love it. without Mike um, noted well, <laughs> we miss you future Mike producer we miss Dan you. I'll be uh, <laughs> prepping things a little more maybe <laughs> that was lovely though <laughs> <laughs> or, or not sometimes um, you just have to fly back to your pants yeah you know what yeah It's it's true. It's true. Like it's either it's, if Dan is saying it, it's either about cake, World of Warcraft, or getting railed. So I was like, like there are Star Trek <laughs> or Star Trek or Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh. 
Sarah did. We we mentioned you came up a couple times. One is when Sarah started going into a like something Star Trek, and she's like, "Mike, and Kyle, shut it down." <laughs> I was like, "We don't do this when he's not here." Oh, great! That's great. <laughs>